I have the swine flu. Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. It's October 8th, 2009. Time for your Gitmo Nation Media Assassination, episode 137. This is no agenda. Jamming the frequencies of the power and lower vibrations so you can ascend to the light with ease. And coming to you from the minimum security containment cell in Gitmo Nation, West San Francisco, California. In the morning, I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where it's actually going to be a foggy day, they say. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Crackpot and Buzzkill. In the morning. Yo. Today's show is executive produced by John Schumann. <laughs> of the Schumann television family of, of <laughs> networks. Who the hell is that? He's the guy who gave us the most money. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. You get, you get uh, pre-credits, pre-roll credits if you yep. donate the most money i like that we hadn't even discussed that john but i think it's a good idea uh, i knew you would like it yeah so I, it I involves the by the way because it involves the words the most money yeah yes the most money i took your advice uh yesterday morning johnny boy and uh because of course you know we're under threat of eminent domain removal here oh yes and uh, the tjpa the transbay joint powers authority your government at work abusing eminent domain night yes. and day yes, so I'm they sure have to adhere to the city ordinance of no construction noise between 7 a.m and 8 p.m seven days a week i might uh, point out mm -hmm. in san francisco and uh, so at 6 45 you know i could hear the trucks backing up they're loading stuff so uh, I did two things. I, as you uh, suggested, I called the police, and, and they were like, yeah, "All right." One of my major suggestions. One of your major suggestions, and then after eight a.m., which is when they uh, when their offices opened, I call up, called up, and spoke to. Um, I might as well blast her, uh, Mila Gonzalez, who was very apologetic, and she's like, "Oh yeah, well you know," like I said, "Hey, look, you know, I'm at." Uh, I'm right across the street. Uh, here's the issue. There's a city ordinance, and uh, seven o'clock is not six forty-five. So uh, please uh, take note of that. Oh yeah, no, I'll call right over. So this morning they started at six thirty instead of six forty-five. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is typical. So your advice is panning out as just beautifully, so John. Did you call <laughs> no, I haven't called him yet because you know we're starting the show at eight o'clock. Hello. John? Oh, great. Yeah, no, yeah, no, I got you. I got you. You cut okay. out. It sounded like your mic wire cut out for a second there. No, that's, I'm telling you, this connection sucks. Mm. But anyway, the um, unless you're a squeaky wheel, they're going to test you. So what happens is you call and say, oh, really? I wonder if this guy's really sincere. <laughs> and so then they, they, they put the screws to you. And then now what you're supposed to do is bitch again. And then you then you start hounding the cops. And then the cops get right. really steamed up about it. And then right. the next thing you know, they're giving these guys parking tickets. Yeah. Well, I think I'm going to call up Mila and ask her what part of 7 a.m. she didn't understand. And uh, then I'm going to tell her, I'm going to shut you down, bitch! <laughs> You think you that'll work? The, it's, no, it sounds like you got an echo button. That was good. <laughs> no, that was just me yelling throughout the entire box that we live in. That was the echo. So um, <laughs> I think you should call her and then uh, then tell her you uh, decided not to call the police today but you're, you, you, because you trusted her. Yeah, I trusted you. And run a you. guilt trip on her. Yeah, and, uh, but, you know, my next call will be to Gavin Newsom. And... Uh, 
And oh, by the way, did you hear about the Indian burial ground that's supposed to be there? <laughs> I still think that's your best. That's the best idea you've had. Do you have a skull somewhere I can uh, borrow that I can just toss into that dirt yeah. there? And <laughs> you know, I, I have a bunch of them around the house, but I, <laughs> of I, I keep you do. displacing them. I know. You, I, I, ladies and gentlemen, listening to this program, <laughs> that is not a joke. I am convinced John C. Dvorak has human skulls lying around the house. Yeah, uh, you, you prop them up and you can kind of make them into a small pyramid and then you can use them as a hassock. <laughs> What's a hassock? What's that? Yeah, you put your feet up while you're watching TV. Oh. <laughs> I would like to remind everybody that uh, this is the program where we don't pull any punches. No, we have a whole formula that works exactly the opposite from pulling punches. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. Especially if you're with the Transbay Joint Powers Authority, squarely in the jaw. So uh, that that clip, of course, is Mike Singletary, the coach of the San Francisco 49ers, who is who I'm now more amused now that the team has actually gotten off to a really great start because this is a little off topic, but for football fans, they'll get a kick out of it. So this guy was like brought they had the coach last the last coach had was so bad. They fired him in the middle of the season last year because he couldn't win a game. (laughs) So they took this defensive coach, which is Mike Singletary, who's this famous linebacker from the Chicago Bears, who's a very intense person, as you can tell by that quote, and uh, put him in charge temporarily, let him take over. And then, you know, then he won all the games the rest of the year. (laughs) So they said, well, I don't know. What do you think? How do you do it? (laughs) What what do you think we should do? we, should we rehire him as the coach? And they, it was like there was a big controversy over this with all these pundits. He's got no experience, even though, even though he, he was kicking ass, <laughs> despite the fact. So anyway, so they did give him the job, and now he's like proving they. Now nobody mentions the fact that this was controversial. Yeah, I would like to uh, point out this is episode one hundred and thirty-seven of this program that uh, John and I have been uh, producing for you, along with our listeners, who of course are producers, and the one who gives us the most money is the executive producer of the episode. Um, if you had listened to us, uh, I'd say about a year and a half ago, is it that long? Has it been that long, John? Well, figure it out. Yeah, it's been yeah. where well, we started. It's in the wiki. There's a wiki. We have, we have a wiki. I think we started in like October of 2007 or something. Or August or something like yeah. that. I can't remember what the wiki says. Well, at that point, one of the, <laughs> discussions, one of the discussions we had was about gold. And uh, uh, without getting, uh, you know, without backtracking all the way to that conversation, if you had been listening along with this program, you might have bought yourself some. And boy, you would have been pretty happy just about now. As uh, gold closed at an all-time high of ten thousand and fifty dollars yesterday. Yeah, and it appears to be on an upswing. Well, I I was at um, Mickey and I went over to uh, one of those investor uh, annual meetings for Crosslink. One of yeah. our uh, one of our investors. Oh yeah, it's one of these. Was it, what kind of a meeting was it? Was it a big meeting? Well, they're not a they're not a huge company or a huge fund. I think their their funds are like two hundred and fifty or three hundred fifty million dollars. So in in the realm of funds these days, Peanuts. actually, that, that's pretty good. But yeah, it's it's small. Uh, and then uh, they've only really done two major media internet investments. One was Pandora, and the other one is Mevio. So it's kind of cool how they did their you know audio versus video type hedge. Even though we're a lot of audio, but they're more on the music side. And uh, so they have all their limited partners come in, and so they had a, uh, of course, appropriately toned down for the uh, financial crisis we're in, 
they had a reception at their offices, and they're one of the few VC funds that um, that have offices in San Francisco and not on the typical Sand Hill Road out in the valley. Um, and they, and it was nice. You, know, you, you they had a kind of like a, a thing. You walked around their whole office, and each room had a different type of food, and it was okay. I mean, there's only like 37 people who work at the at the entire company. Uh, but uh, they're unique in the fact that they also have, as a part of their fund, they uh, they trade in the public market, so they buy and sell stocks. And this guy, uh, Paul Sabo, <clears throat> he's their main trader, and so he, you know, he's the guy that has a desk there with 18 screens all stacked on top of each <laughs> yeah. other. With yeah. this Horowitz has got one of oh, these rigs. My God, and but he's like he's like. He's so passionate about because he's a technical trader. You know, he's nothing, nothing fundamentals. It's all in technical analysis. He's so passionate about this stuff, and he showed me the chart for gold and his, uh, you know, and all of his analysis. He says, "Well, I'm thinking five thousand possible, but it could easily be eight thousand." <laughs> like, wow, what are you talking about? And you know, and he's he's been trading gold since they went since we went off the gold standard in what was that seventy four seventy five. Uh, no, the gold. We went off the gold standard in the '30s. Right. True. That's true. But the official going off the gold standard, as the as the wiki would probably say, <laughs> was '74. I, I, I don't know. That's dubious. But whatever the case. So he's been trading this stuff forever. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, it was it, amazing. Eight thousand. What is he? Eight thousand. He said. He said. There's. There is no. The sky is the limit. He said. That's sky- funny because you know in the in the around two thousand one or just around there when I was writing for Forbes, Dennis Neal, who's now with CNBC, uh, was um, out here to do a, uh, a silicon spin, and I had him write on a sheet, and I still have the sheet around somewhere in, in two thousand one. I said, you know, I don't know because the economy was falling apart. I said, I think gold is probably a pretty good investment now. So I think gold's at like three hundred and thirty, and. Uh, and yeah. he says, You're that gold old. will never go up. Are you crazy? <laughs> and so I had him sign a document that, that said, gold will never go up. Oh, do you have and that? Do you have that document somewhere, it, right? I do have it. It's in one of my boxes. Somewhere. I'll have to dig it up. Believe me, as soon as I find it, it goes online. So but, I, I was thinking about our um, about our No Agenda stream and how you and I are working on turning this into a real... Uh, 24/7 media stream that you'll actually want to listen to and I talked to Paul about it and I think that he would want he would be happy to do you know like a conversation with me once a week. The guy is so passionate and he's and, and you know wouldn't it be cool to just hear someone say gold 8000. I mean come on that'd <laughs> be a great show. ridiculous, yeah. <laughs> but he has a lot of insights and he doesn't care. He's happy to tell you exactly what he thinks and and a lot of these guys won't do that. No, most guys won't do it. And uh, he's that's like, the problem. But people should realize that there are so many people out there that have a lot of good knowledge, and they would, you know, and they don't really object technically to like sharing it because it actually helps them. You know, if you're a stock tip guy and you give tips out, and then the stock goes, you're you're in the stock, and it goes up, you make money. Yeah. But these some people are reluctant. They're 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 worried that they're going to get sued, or they're worried that they're going to do this or that. I don't know what it is. There's a lot of guys that just won't talk. Yeah, and I told him about our biweekly meeting. Media assassination, no agenda, and he's like, "Oh, I love that. I hate the media. They're such bastards." And I'm like, "Oh, this is a guy for us. He's right <laughs> Put on him my on. tip." Hey, um, from time to time, I'll remind you that you still have a book to publish uh, about your. Uh, and I actually, I did talk to Paul about it about your 80 year cycle, and he was like, "Uh oh, is that is me? this thing on? Is this thing on? Hello, can you, can you hear me? 
Are you, was are something you, about a cycle book? I, 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 hello? <laughs> something about a I cycle think book. I think the Skype connection is oh, going Oh, it just broke. I wanted to ask you, because um, I've got some numbers here, and I don't know if they're correct, but they may sound correct to you, because you are the cycle man. I'm a cycle man. Cycle dude. Um, do you happen to know what the typical cycle of an empire is, John? Uh, Toynbee discusses, or Toynbee, Arnold Toynbee, the uh, famous historian, uh, discusses empire cycles in his study of history. And the fact is, I mean, there there probably is a cycle that's been observed. I don't know personally what it is, but Toynbee actually uh, has the, the cycle uh, deconstructed. But because of certain elements of the cycle, it, uh, some empires can last longer by by doing certain, uh, by having certain characteristics. So I, I don't know that there's a solid cycle. Well, uh, I have a list of cycles here that I found uh, in one of my cycle circles. <laughs> 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 and uh, so we're currently the uh, the empire Was it a cycle circle of psychos. Yeah, absolutely. I'm if I'm in it. <laughs> Uh, the, the, currently, the Empire of the United States is, uh, well, in, in 2010, we will celebrate our 234th birthday. Uh, here's some uh, other interesting numbers. The Assyria Empire, which apparently was 659 to 612 BC, that's a 247-year cycle. Persia, 538 to 330 BC, 208 years. Greece, 331 to 100 BC, 231 years. Uh... What is this? The T? I guess it would be T H E. That's called the. <laughs> the the the, which was a great band in the eighties. The the, two <laughs> hundred six to twenty seven B C. That's two hundred thirty year two hundred thirty three years. The Arab Empire, six thirty four to eight eighty A D. Two hundred forty six years. Now, I'll just skip ahead to Spain. 1500 to 1750 AD, that's a 250-year reign. Romanov, 1682 to 1916. I think we get the point. So aren't we like just at the end of our natural cycle, and isn't it just time for this entire thing? I mean, it's starting right <laughs> out front. Right. we got to fold, dude. It's time. <laughs> you got to know when to fold them. Well, you know, one of the things that does happen during these uh, these empire cycles is this idiotic, you know, there's been more than a few of these uh, empires, as it were, that have gone broke because they got involved in these wars. I mean, we probably could go on forever if we paid attention to Jefferson, who told us not to get our asses involved in these foreign endeavors, where we just all of a sudden decided to go to war with some country out in the middle of nowhere. And now, of course, we have Afghanistan, which is just so turning into Vietnam, it's hilarious. And we got this out-of-control general, this McChrystal guy, who thinks he runs the place, and he's even pissed though he's supposed off. to be taking orders. <laughs> and he's a pissed-off dude. <laughs> he's, and, he's a, and he's a psycho. I mean, the guy, they had him his profile on 60 Minutes. The guy gets up at 4 in the morning, and he jogs 5 miles through the streets and then he gets does this and he does that and he only eats one meal a day because otherwise it makes him logy. Logy, I'm feeling logy. I can't, I can't get me in with towel heads if I'm feeling logy, boy. So I mean, the guy seems you know he sounds normal, but it sounds when you when he describes his like way he lives, he's like nuts. I'm, gl- I'm glad he, you I'm glad you bring up the uh, the wars, John, because did you know uh, about the 636 billion dollar defense bill the Senate passed just two days ago? That one got by me. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. It slipped by me. Let me just read you a couple of highlights of this bill. 
Uh, so this was on Tuesday, $636 billion, which I didn't hear anything about this anywhere on any news report. This is That's from, because nobody's going to... Uh, did we just lose you? No. Okay. You shouldn't have, but that's, you're going to probably. You were saying that's because what? That's because, what? that's because nobody's against defense spending. Yeah, but I mean, we could at least report on it. Okay, forget about that. Reuters. Uh, here we go. Uh, some key. It passed ninety-three to seven. By the way, hundred and seven. Uh, why, why don't you look that up? Well, I, I read the I main points. One hundred and twenty-eight point two billion for the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. Hey, it's funny. Is it split right down the middle? I thought we were out of there. Hmm. Uh, then it would end the production of Lockheed Martin's F twenty-two fighter plane. Okay, that's good. I guess. No, uh, not necessarily, but it's overpriced. Right. Um, here's the interesting thing. This bill specifically prohibits the Obama administration from transferring international terrorism suspects currently held at the Guantanamo Bay military prison into the United States. I thought we were going to shut that thing down, Mr. President. Okay, I got to clip you up to play now. After you, if you, Unless you have a few more things to read from the line items. No, I, I, I just want to say that uh, we've been hoodwinked. You think? Yeah. So here, I want you to play the Ari Fleischer clip. Now, Ari Fleischer, of course, was uh, Bush's old uh, press secretary. Isn't he, the guy, isn't he the agent from Entourage? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of a stooge. Now, this was going. This was a back-and-forth conversation with a bunch of people discussing what Obama's going to do about Afghanistan, this, that, and the other thing. And Fleischer, now, I don't know whether he was totally tongue-in-cheek when he made this commentary that you're going to hear, or whether he was sincere. And I believe he's probably sincere, but at the same time, it sounds so ludicrous. Like, is there any way that the Republicans can give it, can needle Obama to an extreme, or actually, or maybe needle the people that, that voted for him? Just listen to this clip where Fleischer is complimenting Obama. Well, I think what we're seeing in President Obama's approach to this is encouraging. When it comes to counterintelligence, counterterrorism, counter Barack Obama has actually been pretty good and pretty strong because he's left in place many of the George Bush policies. Principally, he has left in place secret renditions, warrantless wiretaps, the things that George Bush was most criticized for. Barack Obama, to his credit, has continued and is one of the reasons we're still doing well in the war on terror. Yeah, yeah, exactly. To his credit. <laughs> to his credit. Good job, Barack. <laughs> Rock and roll. <laughs> hey, come on by the ranch. <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny is that, by the way, this was, I think this was, I don't know if this was on Fox or one of the, I, I don't remember offhand where this came from, but but they keep playing these damn sound effects right during the guys, because they'll, they'll have him talking and then they'll put a little graphic up, and instead of just sliding over some Chiron, like some information underneath, they have to put some sort of Oh wacky yeah, a sound effect. <laughs> NFL sound effects. It sounds yeah. like Monday Night Football. I know, I know. It's nasty. Well, but this this is the thing that it, it you know the underestimation of the internet and how we've connected our uh, our neurons to each other. Yeah, it's still kind of through keyboards and fingertips and all that. But uh, that you know the people are catching on. This is why everything has to be ramrodded through. Why everything has to be passed really quickly because we're catching on. You know, like eventually someone's going to say, "Hey, wait a minute." The first thing, all this bravado, all this bravoure, and of course we have tons of YouTube clips to, to remind everyone that the first thing President Obama did when he was in office was to say, I'm going to close Gitmo. 
And he's not. He's just not going to close it. They've already said, well, you know, we can't close it. John Stewart was all over gays and, you know, the gays in the military, don't ask, don't tell. Um, which now all of the, uh, uh, the, all of the secretaries of all the different defor- uh, defense forces have said, well, you know, we don't, the president's too busy right now. He's way too busy to be doing that. He's there's, too busy, there's others. What, traveling around the world giving speaches? He's watching the MTV Awards. He's too, what are you talking about? Yeah, he's right, exactly. He's watching Kanye, what's his name? And let me tell you, man, you don't want to piss off gay people, okay? This is just not a good idea. Because they actually don't give a fuck and they will go and protest in, in your front yard. They really will. And it's going to get attention. Yeah, there was some gay guy on uh, the O'Reilly Factor the other day, and who who was just irked. <laughs> was, yeah, you can just tell irked. these guys aren't going to put up with this much longer. He's just irked, just a little bit. Oh, before I f- forget, on uh, on the gold tip, um, I've shown you my 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 uh, gold coin, right? The one ounce coin I have. Yeah, you carry that in case you you end up you you carry around a an, a gold coin and some other weird coin I might add. That's my military coin. Some military coin that will get you into a military bar, I guess. No, that that's when they throw me into the FEMA camp. I show the coin, they'll let me out. Okay, well you got these two weird coins you carry around with you all the time. It's kind of like the PBA thing. You drive, you know, you you Right, then this gold around. coin if by the time that you think that things fall apart, you'll have a gold coin in your pocket you could pull out and it'll be worth millions of dollars. You'll be <laughs> yes. king. I I will buy some bread for everyone. <laughs> anyway, the the US mint is uh, stop minting them. <laughs> They're like, "Ho, ho, we got to stop making those." Because of course they don't have any gold anymore. Uh, and this is kind of a precursor to what happened, uh, what Roosevelt did when he uh, prohibited the hoarding of uh, gold coin and gold bullion and gold certificates within the United States uh, under President uh, Presidential Executive Order 6102, if I recall correctly. Uh, but that was uh, back in 1933. So th- that could happen all over again. Well, you'll have to give up your gold. Give us your, give gold. Us your gold. Bring out your dead. Bring out your dead. <laughs> Where's that from? That's from a Monty Python. Oh, I don't remember that one. Yeah, he's this guy goes around with you know so during the plague. He said, "Bring out your dead! Bring out your dead!" He's holding around a, a big cart full of dead guys, and then one guy comes out. He brings out a guy who's still alive. He says, "He's dead." No, he's alive. He's dead. No, I'm alive. I'm alive. And so then the guy clubs him over the head, and then he's they throw him dead. Up. Um, so anyway, so this ramrodding of all the bills this is, of course, what happened with the stimulus, uh, the stimulus package. Uh, and now it looks like they're going to try and do exactly the same with the health care bill. Uh, news came out uh, yesterday, the day before yesterday, the Congressional Budget Office, who initially on the initial bill said, hey, this thing is going to cost us true $2 trillion. Well, they've, they've punched someone in the mouth over there. And uh, so now the Bacchus bill would apparently cost over 10 years $829 billion, but the CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, has said it will actually reduce federal deficits by $81 billion over that 10-year period and probably, quote, lead to continued reductions in federal budget deficits in the years beyond. So this thing is ready to go for to a vote, and they're going to ramrod it through maybe as early as tomorrow, that they'll vote on this, and of course, another promise broken that these things would go online for at least seventy-two hours, so we could like look at them and talk to our representatives about them. 
And there are even Democrats trying to stop the future posting of bills online in you know in the future in general because well this is what you have your representatives for you know you don't have to read the bill you stupid sheeple shut up yeah i know that's kind of pathetic somebody dug through that bill because they i guess had a copy of it and they found there's an interesting uh, you know there's a there's a thing if you don't have insurance and you don't do this you don't do that, you have to pay like a tax yeah it's uh seventeen hundred dollars yeah, it's like basically a tax. That the IRS will, will fine you for if you don't pay it. So it's, it's a surcharge. Yeah, of course it's a tax. Even Obama says, no, it's not a tax. Well, you it's hear- a tax. So anyway, so it turns out there's a little proviso in there that the people who happen to be Christian science monitor, uh, Christian science, not monitors, but Christian scientists, that religion that doesn't believe in, you know. They're having- exempt? That doesn't ha- want to have medical anything. Yes. So if you join no the way. church of Christian scientists, hey, eh, I don't have to pay that fine. So I think there's an out here for everybody. John, Although, John yes. praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord, my bro- brother John. Uh, since we've both recently converted to Christian scientist scientivism, <laughs> what is that religion? You know, if it saves you seventeen hundred bucks, I don't think yeah. any. That's what I call a religion. In uh, I was reading here. Uh, there's, and I'll put this link in the show notes at noagendashow.com. So if they can't re- if they can't get it to a vote on Friday, they have a plan, which is um, to bake it into a shell bill. Have you ever heard of this process? No. So what they do is so there's a. Um, I would rather use the word incorporate than bake because there's no actual cooking process involved. Right. Okay. So. Um, they put it into another bill. They back it into that somehow, and then uh, and this will actually be HR fifteen eighty six, a bill to impose a tax on bonuses received by certain TARP recipients, which of course is something everybody wants to pass. Yes, we, well, that they were either going to put it in that bill or a bill that protects puppies. But I mean, how can you like just like hide a thousand pages that gets shoved into some other bill? Oh, by the way, your packet is a little bit thicker this morning. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Ooh, look at that. It's just a little bit thicker. Don't yeah. worry about it. Just press yes. <laughs> And uh, and then they can apparently pass it. I mean, is that a common practice to do that kind of stuff? I think it probably is. Not with bills that size, but I think it's been done a lot. That's lame. Well, I don't know what the big deal is. Look, the Democrats, let's, <coughs> we point this out over and over again. The Democrats own the place. Yeah. They want to put a bill together, they just go pass it. What's the big deal? There was a, it's, even, it's kind of even hard to... Uh, to verbalize the conversation we had on email with one of our producers who was actually pointing out through some... And in, in writing, you, you even said in writing it kind of is easier to explain how really the Democratic Party is actually inherently racist and that um, that there are certain elements, probably the racist elements within the Democratic Party, who are bringing the president down. And that's why they're not able to pass anything because they're just troublemakers because they don't actually want the black man to succeed. Yeah, I think there's some truth to that. And uh, and I can try and paraphrase it, although it'll never come never come out right. And of course, I'll sound incredibly racist. But the the thinking behind it is that the real racism is when you say, you know what, we've got to take care of these poor black people. We really have to take care of them. We've got to do something for them. That, of course, is really true racism when you when you put it into context. And then they start helping the, quote, poor black people. 
And then, oh, wait a minute, but one of those guys is now in, in charge. Well, that's no good. It's kind of the not-in-my-backyard syndrome. So just something to ponder Yes. during your day. By the way, we got one of our contributors, uh, producers, uh, made this comment. It's Lee uh, Donaghy in Yarmouth, Norfolk, UK. Um, he says that since you're over in San Francisco most of the time now, that he believes that our international coverage is starting to suck. No, that's, you know, and, and I received this note earlier, and that's inherently untrue because we do a lot of stuff. We were talking just about, about the Lisbon Treaty just on the last show. We've been all over the yes vote, which is not covered at all in the United States, which, of course, is the biggest travesty because as this empire known as the United States comes to its natural 240-year end of cycle, the next empire is, has, is, is literally being built, constructed before our very eyes. It is the European Union. Tony Blair will be the president of this new empire. It's already been set up. He, uh, he became a Christian uh, after he was uh, booted out of, uh, uh, out of office in the UK. He became a Christian and then you know, kissed the feet of the Pope specifically to have all of this, uh, all, have all the right uh, credentials. And all that has to happen now is we need two signatures, one from uh, the Polish dude and one from the Czech dude, and it's done. And the new empire has been created, and we'll be nothing. We'll be the a new, joke. The new empire is China. I don't know, man. These I guys don't know. are these guys. These Europeans are crazy. Well, there's yeah. a there's a uh, there's a good blog post. You just check it out on the dvorak.org slash blog. You'll see it's a, it's got a picture of the of the. EU flag with a skull on it. They uh, this attempt to turn them into some. By the way, he, 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 I'm sorry. He became a Catholic, not a Christian. Well, it's kind of the same. No, thing, it's important. It's important to. to so anyway, the point is, is that uh, this is just festering a civil war, as far as I can tell. A civil war? What within Europe? Yeah, it's, I mean, you you can't. I mean, when the United States, when we put all these states together, you know, it, it took less than a hundred years before they just left about off. eighty years. They got started getting mad at each other because, oh, wait a minute, you can lord it over me. I was here before you were. <laughs> Why, who made? Who died and made you king? Right. And we had this like kind of battle going on, and of course, slavery was part of the part of it. But it was really, you know, they, the South still calls it the war between the states, and the Ameri you know, the North calls it the Civil War, and it was both. And the fact of the matter is, it was just like everybody getting mad at each other. So they took two sides. Yeah. You know, they divvied up. You know, I'll be on your side, y'all be on. And they had a big fight, and they killed like more. I think we killed four million Americans. We got more percentage killed in, in. We killed each other more than we did in foreign wars. Yeah, but Abraham Lincoln ended slavery, John. Well, he did was a good move on his part because it actually screwed over the South who was trying to get help from the French and the British. And as soon as that happened, that was once the Emancipation Proclamation went into play, that these foreign nations weren't going to get involved. You know, but anyway, the point is, is that this kind of thing with just states that were pretty much, you know, they were they were kind of a little different. Yeah, obviously, the people that were in South Carolina weren't the same as the people that were in New York. But you're talking about huge cultural differences in Europe yeah. that and, and long-standing hatreds. My granddad was killed by the Nazis. <laughs> Give you know, me my of, bike back. 
Yeah, give me my bike back, <laughs> Dutch. And so uh, that hatred point, is gone. By the way, that the, the young Dutch do not even know what happened in the Second World War. Well, they need to be reminded. Yeah, they will be. Don't worry, they will. And be. So the point is, is that you know, and of course you have the 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 you know the exhibits but anyway at some point something about cheese or some screw job or somebody's going to do something that's going to really irk one of these countries and it's going to fester cheese thinking about cheese well listen john you know the theory and we've discussed this before you have the united states which will soon enough be the north american union with mexico and canada then you have the european union then you have the asian union which is where china comes in and then that'll all be rolled up. This is the whole Trilateral Commission idea, man. And then it'll all be rolled up into one world government up at the top. At least that is the long-term plan. Which yeah, will... they always plan on that, but then people... They, no, but it takes a con- long time. It takes hundreds of years to do <laughs> this shit. It'll take thousands. There'll be another... We're going to have another war. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you think? I'm sure there will be another one somewhere. But, you know, 2012 is quickly approaching, and that's, uh, that's when it all ends. Well, anyway, so this guy says we're not covering this stuff that much. Well, I disagree. I think we are covering it. And uh, it's also up to the producers. You know, the producers put together 70% of the show by sending us interesting leads the whole day. And by the way, you know, I'm a little bit early for this part of the show, but all day long, John and I are emailing back and forth amongst each other with... Uh, our producers, which is our audience, and you know we're debunking things on the spot, like you know this is uh, or John is like this is oh brother, this is bullshit. But you know we actually read all the stuff you guys send us, and we determine what we're going to do on the show. So if you want more European stuff in there, send it in. We're we're desperate for good stuff. We're not that desperate, but no, we are right. always looking. So speaking of uh, Europe and the United States, of course, uh, in most countries in Europe, they have uh, what is known as a, a VAT, a value-added tax, which uh, in um, some countries is – hold on. Turn down your speakers! Just a little loud, John. In some countries is – I can barely ne- hear you. Yeah, well, then get some headphones! In some countries, it's 19%. Uh, in some, it's 21 In uh, Belgium, I believe, it's 22%, which is getting to be like a quarter of the amount, which is, you know, is, is really And by up the there. way, when any Americans are in Europe that are shopping around and having to pay these ridiculous, <laughs> you can take paperwork out and you get it back. Uh, yeah, you can. You can. Um, I, could, I, I was even able to get uh, VAT back on, uh, on aircraft fuel. If I was gonna, if I made an over uh, over the channel flight, anyway, uh, Nancy Pelosi on Monday was on the Charlie Rose show, and uh, well, she thinks that a value-added tax might not be a bad idea for the United States. Yeah, I've heard this. They just want to tax us every way they can. I it's mean, a it's tax. Like- That's a tax. This is exactly what's happening. It's like, oh, we got uh, seven hundred billion for uh, for the military over here. We got eight hundred billion for the health care. We're not going to tax you except for the value added tax. You know, in California right now, we pay uh, a ten. The sales tax is ten percent. It's really annoying. I mean, this is very high. Yeah, it is. So every time you buy like a you know uh, something that costs ten bucks, you have to pay eleven for it. But that's on top of the fact that we have the federal income tax of typically about thirty percent, and the state income tax is a flat 
ten percent for just an income tax. So you're so besides the ten percent sales 20%. tax, you have a ten percent income tax, and then there's all these taxes on your gasoline and everything. If you go to the airport, you know you buy a ticket; they have them on sale of a, a Southwest airport tax. There's seventy dollars for these forty nine ninety five because there's five <laughs> bucks here, five bucks there. Yeah. If you take a look at your cell phone bill, there's all kinds of taxes. We're paying about sixty five to seventy percent taxes. Period uh, in the state of California. Time to move. This place is bankrupt. Yeah, it's bankrupt, and all this tax that they're collecting, I don't see what they're doing with it. The roads have potholes. They have these scam things like this phony bridge edition that they're doing, which like they could have done a million. They could have built a second bridge cheaper. I mean, to, from from the East Bay to San Francisco, the whole thing is it's just. And then the thing that you're going through, where they're going to tear down a whole perfectly good part of San Francisco to put up a bus terminal. That the other bus terminal, I, I go. You can go in there. I'll go in there with you with a movie camera. Nobody goes at the bus terminal. There's only a few commuters. They come in for a few hours and they go there's no reason for this fancy bus terminal and then they're going to drive their trains over to that thing so instead of being convenient where it is now they're going to run the what they're going to run the underground tracks or how are they going to get the trains over to there i don't get it john c devorax pet peeve of the day (laughs) i'd like you to bitch more about california on the show that's really nice that's good (laughs) i dig it (laughs) i really do no it's it's ridiculous It, it really is uh Ridiculous. You know, our president uh, was, uh, where was he? He was speaking uh, in uh, Virginia. And uh, he said that, uh, I wish I had a soundbite of this. I don't. I only have a a news report. He said, uh, you know, we're going to follow Al-Qaeda wherever they take root. So uh, I'd say, Europe, look out. (laughs) You'll have American troops on your streets before you know it. So we're not just going to stay in Afghanistan, Pakistan, Iran, Iraq. So we're going to invade Hamburg. Yeah. Everybody knows very well. Yeah, that's that's where there's tons of uh, Al Qaeda. Tired of this shit. Uh, Luckily, I believe in the ascension theory. I don't have to worry about it. We're all going to ascend to the light, John. It's going to be okay. Because you know, in uh, one one single candle can illuminate darkness, and no amount of darkness can snuff out the light of a single candle. <laughs> You're a dick. A candle can burn out. <laughs> yeah, it can. But if we got a whole bunch of candles, we'll be good. <laughs> Department of Homeland Security program that tries to detect air travelers who are quote up to no good is. Re- <laughs> Is raising privacy concerns. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> up to no good. Jean that Ma- person's up to no good. Jean Meserve described, uh, uh, she's from CNN, described the Department of Homeland Security's Future Attribute Screening Technology. I love these acronyms they come up with. Future Attribute Screening Technology. The FAST. As marrying a lot of existing technology, some of it medical to measure breathing, heart rate, blinking, fidgeting, and other bodily <laughs> <Blinking>. functions. <laughs> Don't fart when you're in line at the TSA, okay? You'll get singled out. <laughs> and, of course, you won't be able to fart because uh, you'll have that explosive up your ass. I, I swear to God, we're going to have anal examinations pretty soon. You know about that guy who had, like, some explosive jammed up his butt? Yeah. Yeah, that was a kind of uh, that caught a few some attention. Yeah, so uh, this is this is actually a report from France. 
the what is the French uh, uh, Secret Service? What are they called? The French Secret Service. No, come on. They've got a name. They've got to have some cool like numbers and and letters in there. Like the British have MI6, we have CIA. Anyway, the French Secret Service is warning for a new method that radical suicide bombers can use to attack. It's the DGSE. DGSE. As they will be uh, carrying explosives in their anal cavity. So, uh... Hey, I w- that's gotta hurt. <laughs> I will bet you... Blow it out your ass. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, I gotta mark that one. <laughs> I guarantee you, it is now a guarantee that within five years, you will have a guy shoving his finger up your ass when you want to fly to Detroit. <laughs> This is this is this is just. I'm so glad we're all ascending to the light, John. <laughs> I'm so glad. A quick report from uh, some of our producers. A couple of reports, too, actually. One, because we're not always right. We don't know shit. Um, the first one is about. Uh, we we're talking about voting machines and about uh, Germany specifically, and a number of people, uh, this is from Christian, but a number, number of people wrote in and said, you asked in the last No Agenda show if there are voting machines used in Germany. Let me give you some quick facts about it. Voting machines were banned in Germany as the Chaos Computer Club showed hacks of the computers in public. So they're using paper these days. Good on the Germans for, uh, for not using the bogus, Seibold-based uh, uh, voting machines. Diebold. Debold, I'm sorry. Oops, <laughs> that could get me a lawsuit. Um, and then on the last week's show, we played this clip. I don't think it's about the sex or the eroticism. It's about foreign policy decisions. It may be some inner turmoil about the sexuality, but there's far oh. more sexualized cultures around the world. They could go to Dubai, for Christ's sake, Brazil. So we both jumped on Janine Garofalo, and the way she phrases it is indeed, you know, it's bullshit because it's, it's not a sexualized culture per se. But I got a lot of notes, one from our producer, Kendall, but also Mickey. She said, dude, are you out of your mind? said, Dubai, it's the underground scene there is off the hook. The underground scene, which I guess would Garofalo would be in, is hardly the same as a sexualized culture. No, I agree. So I'm agreeing on that, but just so there's no confusion that the underground and i did not know this i because i've been to dubai i've stayed there and of course i'm not in, i'm clearly i didn't get an invite uh but it, you know it appears that there's like hookers blow alcohol you name it anything there's you that want in new york city yeah but but in dubai they throw tourists in jail because you're kissing on the beach Yes, which means it's not a sexualized culture. There just happens to be a sick undercurrent. I mean, there's not a country in the world that doesn't have that. We have to assume so. I mean, go to Hong Kong. There's back alley action going on there, too. I mean, (laughs) so to speak. I mean, there's like, you know, the same thing in Vietnam. I mean, they have like all kinds of rules against all these things. You're reliably informed. You're reliably informed. The point of the matter is, is that it's not a sexualized culture. It's like a yeah. very repressed culture that happens to have a, 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 an illegal underground of sexuality or perversion or who knows what. I have, was never invited to a Dubai scene, and I wouldn't go. John, if I, I was, if I was invited... Like I, I think that's completely nuts. If I was invited, I would definitely go, and I would report back. I would take one for the team. Yeah, you, you, might, you might end up taking one for the team. <laughs> 
It's time once again to look at everyone's favorite company, whose stock, by the way, is uh, doing extremely good. They made an extra... Extremely well. Well. They made an extra penny per share above what was uh, expected on the street. Their stock now above 70. Um, report here that... Uh, this is pretty interesting, actually. The uh, Aust- uh, Is it Australia? I think it's... Uh, I think it's in Australia. There's this pigweed, as they call it, which uh, Roundup can no longer kill. Yeah, I love this pigweed story. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I like the name of it, too, pigweed. pigweed. Oh, I've got pigweed. Yeah, so this stuff has just become completely immune to, to Roundup, and farmers are now freaking out. But Monsanto was saying it's the farmer's fault. It's now, now they're blaming oh, yeah. the farmers. I mean, what it's is going on? Blame the farmer. There's a, there's a little uh, a clip here we can play. Maybe there's something interesting to listen to. Hey, how come it's... Oh, I What's hate... the path to becoming a rock star entrepreneur? Oh, I hate these pre-rolls. That sucks. Megan Duckett. Go away. All right, hold on. Here's the report. This is... Uh, from... We feature a battle that is underway down south. This is hard. Oh, this is here, not in Australia. Valuable crops, cotton among them. And this year, farmers have a real battle on their hands. A real... Battle on their hands. A real battle. I'm Charles Gibson. I used to be on an entertainment show. Now I'm the news expert. Real battle. And some menacing weed. 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 Seems to have a mind of its own. Steve. <laughs> it's fighting your bullshit. That's the story from Marvel, who wrote this? Did Monsanto give him the script? <laughs> Across the South. It is the super weed. It's the weed that man can no longer... I'm sorry, I like this whole thing about weed. It's super weed. Hey man, let me smoke some of that. Longer kill. I'm afraid it's, it's here to stay for a while. It's called the pigweed. It's native to North America, and for decades, farmers have been able to control it by spraying their fields with herbicides. This past summer, Pace Hinesley and other farmers started noticing the chemicals were no longer working. There's no rhyme or reason how we can control it. The weeds have adapted, and this year they're choking more than a million acres of cotton and soybeans. I think it's all set up. I think Monsanto has set this up so they can then sell us uh, some of their modified corn. Well, there's some element possibly of that, but I think it's it's essential or essentially just another evolutionary. It's funny because I think a lot of these farmers believe that the earth started 6,000 years ago and evolution is bogus. And you you just keep spraying. There's probably one or two, uh, you know, little weeds that live through it. They didn't mind. And next thing you know, they're the only ones living. Uh, It's a classic example of uh, natural selections. It's a beauty. You got two clips. You got one from... uh did we do the Lieberman on FBI from no, last we week? I don't think we Lieberman did that. Clip. And we have uh, Judgmental is another clip I have here from you. Why don't we do those, and then we need to get into our minute. Our minute? Oh, the minute. Yeah, the minute. Okay, well, let's do a couple. of These are just the miscellaneous clips. One of them I'm going to bring up because we don't talk about it much because we decided the whole thing is you know, just another distraction, which is the acorn. So they had the uh, woman who uh, the heads of acorn, and she's gonna she did her own investigation with it internally. You know, like that's going to do any <laughs> yeah, good. We fired people. 
and we fired people. But there was she just let she, there was just something interesting that she said when she was apologizing for the whole thing. Then they they took a quote and they read her quote and the and in there there was a comment. That I just have to say something about play the uh, this little clip on her by Thursday, Martha. Well, Trace Acorn is back in the news today. Bertha Lewis, the CEO community activist group uh, leader, has just released the details of their internal investigation now. This after employees from several Acorn offices were caught. Lewis saying, quote, yes, I terminated those employees. Some of them, it was very sad. Over 10-year veterans, mothers, grandmothers who thought they were doing the right thing by not being judgmental. Okay, there it is. <laughs> judgmental. <laughs> But, but I'm a murderer. Well, let's don't be judgmental. This is like a, a reverse racism thing or something. What the hell is it's that like, supposed no, to it's, mean? It's, it's like political correctness yeah. gone nuts. So they yeah. had all these people that were they was they were they were natural for them. I've seen these movies for for them not to be judgmental because being judgmental is is politically incorrect. That, that's, it's a bad thing. It's to like do. if you, you if you have a limp people. or something. Not if you're a, you're a prostitute and uh, bringing in underage girls. Yeah, but no, 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 you can't be judgmental, can't be judgmental, but that's the whole liberal notion. Yeah, yeah it is. That's what's killing us. That although although I will say, I will say when I watch uh, Glenn Beck, who I haven't seen in a couple of days, actually, um, what is kind of interesting is he and others are now using the fake setup, which was a, a fake prostitute with a fake pimp bringing in fake underage girls to become prostitutes. They've now turned that into Acorn wants, you know, allows prostitutes to bring in girls from Nicaragua. You know, it's like, well, hold on a second. You know, it was fake. You know what I mean? It's like they've really turned that into fact instead of uh, what it was, which was a setup. So, but anyway, you're right. It's just a, it's just a distraction. So we don't watch the $700 billion that is being spent on the military and Guantanamo Bay, which will not be closed. Don't look over here. Nothing to see here. Oh, look at that. Okay, now the other clip I have is Lieberman, uh, who is just a you know, the droopy dog guy. And he's um, he's at a hearing, uh, and this is a, it's a, one of the committees on Homeland Security, and he has these different people on. I only want to play this one about New York. I think it's a clip that says something about New York. Yeah. Uh, and so he, and he, it's just really kind of just a bunch of window dressing where they bring these, they had these different agencies on and they had Neopolitano, whatever her name is. And, you know, going, she's going, wow. And she's just a bureaucrat. She's the incredible Hulk is what she is. Doesn't she look like the Hulk? She does a little bit. Not to mention. So, so does that woman from the EPA. But anyway, so, uh, so they, they've got this new, this new agency that's kind of a super agency. But Whatever the case is, they they have the one guy from the FBI there too. So he's answering the following question, which is just it's just so insincere. And then Lieberman comes off with a bunch of bull that's obviously just meant to be put in a publication and, someplace. And, and he's always the guy that goes, "I really thank you for your service and your dedication and your time." And uh, oh, it's worse your, than that on this thank one. He you calls for getting up this American morning, heroes. Yeah, thank you for getting up and having a, a bacon and eggs. Right. So let's play the Lieberman clip, and you're, you're going to just go. It's an eye roller from beginning to end. 
Director Mueller, uh, I have tremendous regard for the for the FBI and the New York Police Department. There were some news media reports about <laughs> uh, some disagreements between the FBI and the NYPD in the investigation of Zazi. I've had the occasion to talk to both you and Commissioner Kelly about these, and I, I, I wanted to the extent you're comfortable just to ask you to respond briefly for the public record on that. Uh, how are your relations with the uh, New York Police Department? I think... Uh, I believe our relations are exceptionally good, as good as they've been in a long time. Uh, I do believe the news media exaggerates issues that come up in any investigation. Okay, you don't say. <laughs> you don't say. Uh, we talk uh, ourselves through our New York office with NYPD. Uh, it's not just daily, but because we're embedded in each other's shops, we're working closely together uh, day in and day out. Uh, New York uh, Police Department has done a remarkable job in understanding uh, the domain and allocating resources to address threats. And uh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. relationship, I think, is as good as it's ever been at this juncture. And the exchange of information through the Joint Terrorism Task Force yeah. has been fulsome and enabled us to yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, uh, take the steps that we've taken to disrupt this latest uh, they waste a lot of valuable C-SPAN airtime, don't they? Unbelievable. But anyway, you got to listen to the kids. It just gets better. They just threat. I appreciate hearing that. Um, as, as I said to you when we talked about this, I had occasion to be with Commissioner Ray. You know, I, I actually saw this live, John. I know what's coming. Kelly of the New York Police Department the other day asked him the same question, and he gave exactly the same answer. What? Uh, you're, you're <laughs> Verbatim, no less. Wait, wait, wait. He says he talked to the yeah, There was no Police answer. And he gave exactly, <laughs> exactly, exactly the same, the answer. same answer. Yeah. Just uh, uh, national treasures. and National treasures. In terms of law enforcement encounter terror. Terrorism, and um, I'm, I'm reassured to hear that you're working well together. Yeah, you know what? Um, I, I think that uh, when they open up the anal probes at the TSA, Lieberman should go first. Send him through first. You know, the, I, I watched this with. It's just like, why are we wasting time with this bullshit? Yeah, and you know, and and by the way, C-SPAN is starting to irk me because on. Um, the Dish Network, I only get C-SPAN 1 and 2. Do you get 3 somewhere? No, I don't get 3. Because all the good shit is on 3. When is 3? When did 3 show? I don't even know about no, 3. No, you can only get 3 online, apparently. Or maybe it's on some cable systems, but you have to go to cspan.org, and then you have to drill down, and of course you have to have Windows Media Player. I think it does Real Player as well, actually. Oh, um, that's modern. Yeah, that, that's great. You know, give me some Flash, baby. And uh, and uh, that's where all the really good committees are because they always have the the votes. They were voting on like I don't even know what they were like some scam thing about going to remove some guy. Who gives a crap? It's like you know you just you're looking at the Senate is on recess and they play like some hokey music and show you a really high ceiling shot of the Senate floor. That's like a waste. Meanwhile, the committees which are talking about. You know the uh, the healthcare bill and other things are on C-SPAN three. Huh. Well, yeah. I'll just start looking at C-SPAN three. I did notice the other night they had the, one of those situations like at ten at night with two guys, whole place dead empty, <laughs> completely empty. Yeah. And two senators going back and forth with each other, like, well, I think I will. We will. Will the senator yield? Yes, I'll yield. You know, it's like this, like Chip and Dale, these two chipmunks. And so the one senator, I think you're absolutely correct about this, senator. I yield back. <laughs> you rock. 
It's <laughs> unbelievable. Hey, it's uh, we got about uh, 15, 20 minutes left, so let's fill that time with... Because uh, it's arrived. The vaccine is here. And uh, they've got video of uh, kids being shot up the nose with this, uh, with this vaccine. Yeah, uh, the, one that out of the one that came out of the blue, the flu mist. Yeah, so uh, there's this little video which uh, is from the early show, <clears throat> which often features... Uh, is that uh, what Natalie Del Conte is on, the early show? I don't know which one of the shows she's... she's it was that CBS. She's on the CBS show. Oh, right. That's the this morning or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's not quite as good if you don't see the video. Typically, it's fun to listen to the audio because... Well, maybe we will hear more things, but I will point out some key pieces of video that you are missing while this is playing. It's uh, This is another huge setup uh, to get us all on this uh, on this fine vaccine. Uh, uh, first, though, the ongoing fight against the H1N1. This is CBS, dude. This is that Harry Shearer dude. So I think mm-hmm. this is Natalie's show. Flu this morning, America's biggest immunization campaign in history is underway. So we have a look at exactly how it's being carried out all over the country. Call it a day in the life of the H1N1 vaccine. Our doctor- <laughs> I love that. It's now a soap. A day in the life of the H1N1 vaccine. Dr. Jennifer Ashton is here with more. Good morning. Good morning, Harry. And notice morning, how they have... A really hot doctor. Why is this doctor not in my doctor's office? I mean, I would be going for every scrape. Hey, baby, <laughs> could you just take a look at this over here, please? Just, just kiss it and it'll be better. The government has ordered 250 million doses of the H1N1 vaccine, which it anticipates... <laughs> which means there's no service for someone. <laughs> ...will be enough to cover demand in the United States. But the CDC admits that getting the vaccine out will be bumpy at first. As 27 states report widespread activity of influenza, the long-awaited H1N1 vaccine... Have you seen these these reports? I don't get it. I thought everyone stopped reporting, and now all of a sudden it turns out there's been 250 deaths in California. Did you know that? I thought they stopped reporting. Yeah, they did. But apparently CBS has data we don't. ...scene is rolling out. One, two, three, start. So this is awesome, awesome shots of people with a, getting this syringe up their nose, which I figured out, of course, is to stop people. From, you know, more people will take it when they know it's not an actual shot because people don't like shots. But, you know, jamming something up your nose with a little bit of mist is not that frightening. And when is up to individual states. The nasal spray variety available now is only for healthy people between the ages of 2 and 49 and will most likely be given first to those in the priority group that includes healthcare care workers, children and people who care for children as the vaccine <laughs> hey john i care do you care for children yeah, everybody does i care <laughs> rolls out we checked out three different hot spots to see what's going on with h1n1 across the country terrell brown is in new york city we are inside the montefiore medical center it's one of the first hospitals in new york city to receive the h1n1 vaccine the hospital ordered a crazy opening up the fridge the vaccine so far 500 doses of the nasal and it's literally a fridge it's like a sub-zero it's it's <laughs> It's just like what are the, like when I got here. Pray have arrived. Yesterday, two children were among the first to receive the vaccine. Yay! With you're only a handful of doses available, truth of the matter is, most healthy people 
We'll have to wait. While waiting for the vaccine, Dr. Pat Crocker reports that now, here's the cool piece. Ill in Austin, now, Texas. now, this, you can't see this, but they have a tent set up indoors, like a military tent, like a triage. We open this extra tent because of the high volume of patients we've been seeing locally. And it allows us... And it looks really scary. You know, they got people walking around with flu masks. Instead of taking them into the emergency department. And as Mark Strassman... So it looks like, there's a, it looks like um, Outbreak, the Dustin Hoffman movie. You know, they got yeah. people in contamination suits and shit. The consequences of H1N1 can be dire. This is the intensive care unit. And here's a throwback to the one we saw before, John. At Oklahoma City's Children's Hospital, up here, H1N1 has become a life and death fight. Three kids sick with the virus are critically ill up here. So it used to be two. Remember, there was a, the white rich kid and the poor black kid. And now there's three. And one is Mexican. So we've, oh. we've yeah, yeah, yeah. You know it's what? Somebody great. got irked. Somebody, yeah. somebody did a focus group said, where's the Mexican? <laughs> yeah, we need some Mexicans in there. We're, we're going to fight this together. Two of them are... We're going to fight this together. ...proving, but the third could go either way. And then they show the black kid. Oklahoma has become one of the state's hardest hit by H1N1. The virus has doubled the everyday caseload in the hospital's emergency room and changed the way this hospital does business. So anyway, so um, the marketing push is on big time right now uh, to get us to take this vaccine. At best, it is just to take money. And oh, I'm, yeah, it's a money grab, let's and, face it. Now, one of the things that's interesting is what, what they they really, the CBS really likes to harp on this Oklahoma thing. We yeah. got no numbers that show it's like the hardest hit. Nope. We've looked. It doesn't, it doesn't there's no news reports about it being hardest hit. And, but we have those, but we have those same two people. I know and why. The, no, know, I know why. I know why. Because they had the lights all set up. They just want, you know, the lights are there. They just left the, you know, they left the lights all focused and everything. So, you know, they got to go back. It's like cheaper. <laughs> cheaper to it's shoot union there. thing. <laughs> it's a union thing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, Governor Schwarzenegger signed uh, an executive order, declared a state of emergency in California. Um, for, so that, uh, here it is, so that federal departments can do all kinds of stuff to uh, to vaccinate the people within their uh, departments, and they have priority. And this, I'll put it in the show notes at uh, noagendashow.com. And uh, so there is a state of emergency for the swine flu. What's interesting, though, and I, you know, I keep trying this at the office because we we have a number of uh, of documented swine flu cases at the office. Uh, Mickey's assistant uh, has been out for three days, uh, confirmed swine flu. And it sucks. You know, you got the flu, you don't feel good, and it kind of varies. Some people feel better than others, and some feel really crappy. But when you say to someone, you probably have the swine flu, what is the first thing they say? No! 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 I don't have the swine flu! That's yeah, I, I, what is that? Well, you were like the only one that's just the opposite. You had like the sniffles. No, I had swine flu. I have the swine flu. <laughs> <laughs> I got to mark that one as well. That may be better. <laughs> I had the swine flu. It was exactly in that period when there was two weeks in California. Everyone was saying swine flu can strike. The president was in Mexico. So... You know, it was like, uh, I had it. But when you say to someone, oh, it's probably swine, even if I, I try, I've tried different variations, I've tried, you know, it's probably normal. You know, it's, it's just you probably have the swine flu. No, no, I don't have swine flu. 
Well, yeah. I mean, it's, lots of people are getting it. It's like the flu, you know. If you, if you, so they've been sold a bill of goods, and of course, everybody seems to. You know, we have to admit or acknowledge the fact that Americans, uh, especially since the George Bush administration, have become out and out superstitious. Yeah, yeah, and that's, so that's good. Yeah, and so saying you have the swine flu. If you just if you just stay in denial, because if I think I have the swine flu, I might die. But if I if I pretend that I don't have the swine flu, I will live because of some superstition that the swine flu is this, you know this deadly disease. When it turns out, if they re- actually read these reports, they'd find it's a very mild form of the regular flu. Generally, it's even admitted for- that way. They even say this, but you know, then they show. Three kids who have had, I'm sure, I mean, every single study says, well, the people who died actually had like uh, pneumonia, at, you know, respiratory oh, diseases. Anything. What? John? Nothing. You were screaming. What happened? Yeah. What you happened? Were you going to put in the, the pet peeve thing again? Well, I'll do it if you want it. No, so I'm just saying, there's this, the super level of superstition is pretty pathetic, and that all you're doing is just uh, uncovering it. Well, that's kind of what we do on this show, uh, and and many but, people, and keep, of course, I might add, nobody at the office listens to our show. No, one person, one person, Andrew, Andrew Grumman. Oh, and by the way, you know, Mark, uh, he has two, uh, he has twins. And um, he was in the office the other day, and we're you know, and whatever, and and they were uh, uh, born prematurely, so they were in an incubator for a little while, and they're you know they're doing great now, and uh, and so we're, you know we're we're having a meeting, and I try to shake these meetings up, and you know it's like, well, you know, I can't, hi baby, I can't get the swine flu, you know, because the kids can't get the swine flu. I said, well, you know, they'll be okay, you know. And they're really healthy right now. It says, yeah, but, you know, we have to get them uh, the, the, the swine flu vaccine. I said, no. And they're like um, 18 months. I said, no, dude, absolutely not. By the way, under two, they're not supposed to get it. Well, the doctor says we should. I said, the doctor says you should, get, you should give your twins who are 18 months old, you should give them the swine flu vaccine. Yeah, yeah, he keeps saying we, it's time, it's time. So I pull up the CDC sheet. I said, well, the Centers for Disease Control, which you're, you know, who deliver this uh, vaccine information uh, sheet, said, literally say not under two. So you should take this to your doctor and shove it up his ass. And you know, it's confusing to people. And so that's, you know, so clearly his doctor is on the take, you know, because I'm sure he gets paid X amount for each shot he administers. It's, it's, it's bullshit. Anyway. So we uncovered this stuff, we hit people in the mouth, and then we turn right around and we beg for money. We have a lot of, uh, we had some good donors because we didn't get really much at the beginning of the, uh, or after Sunday. Well, we did get back on iTunes. We got back on iTunes, so that might help us out a little bit. Yeah, I, although I still get somebody complaining that there's that we're still not on iTunes. I don't know what that's all about. Well, so I it told seems this. to be working for me now. Everywhere else seems to be okay. So and anyway, we got some good uh, donations. Eon Davies and Bridge uh, Bridge End UK. So we're still getting the international donations. Fifty five dollars. Uh, David I uh, McCannelly in Rome, Texas. One hundred and four dollars. That's a good one. Lee Donaghy in uh, Yarmouth, uh, 50, who's the one who says we're not doing enough European stuff. David Alston in Yukon, Oklahoma, and he wants us to, for 50 bucks, and he wants us to plug 
and which I'll do now, freshamericanbison.com, which mm. I assume... Oh, is a, a, meat, uh, a meat racket. It's a meat racket. I, I like buffalo, by the I way. I like you it, too. You had buffalo yeah, at a restaurant. The other day, yeah. Which you said might not have been buffalo, but I'll, yeah, I'll believe I, it. Yeah, I think you were buffaloed. <laughs> I like buffalo, too. I like all kinds of venison. I like anything that is not fed on Monsanto corn, essentially. Elk is great, by the way. That's uh, we we need somebody out there who listens to the show who who, who is an elk. Uh, so what's uh, the, guy. this guy's a website? What was the website again? Fresh American Bison. Great, thank you, thank you for your donation. Maybe we could order a couple of steaks. Uh, then we have our thirteenth uh, woman, Serena Swanson. Hey, hey, in Bristol, UK, fifty. Uh, John uh, Richard. Uh, New Orleans, 75, Sterling Ellsworth, 7777. And I don't know why I don't have Sterling's uh, city. I'll dig it up for next time. Then we have uh, Guy Bozy. From France? $100, Tel Aviv, and he thinks he may be the first Israeli. I think he's right. Well, that's kind of pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, first of all, thank you. Yes, thanks, Guy. How many shekels is that? <laughs> Probably about five. Yeah. Uh, uh, Gilbert uh, Bollinger, Gilbert Bollinger, actually, in uh, Santa Barbara 100. And then uh, he's a, oh, this is interesting. Uh, nuts, I wrote something down peculiarly. You can't, you can't read your handwriting? No, no, I got, like, I wrote this. Somebody's from Homosassa, Florida, and I don't think it's Gilbert, and I know it's not Mike <laughs> Westerfield, who's just on a night thing. Homosassa, Homosassa. Homosassa said what? I have to look it up. Sorry. Uh, Tristan Lennon in Wagga Wagga, another 50. Uh, Anna V. There's another woman, by the way. We're up to 15. Anna V. Loizaya. L-O-Y-Z-A-Y-A or Lozaga. Loizaga. That's what it is. Sorry. Davia. <laughs> I love these names. Anna V. Loizaga. She gave $50 in one cent. She wants us to say happy birthday to her boyfriend, Beto, B-E-T-O, Echazareta. Hey, happy birthday, Beto. And he's in Cancun. Life's tough. So, <laughs> Chris Clark in Oviedo, Florida, sixty nine, sixty nine. We love that one. Anyone who does sixty nine sixty nine should get always, extra. I, I, yeah, always gets an extra mention. There's nothing like the soixante neuf. So, uh, Ezra Phillips in Antwerp. I think this is our first Antwerp guy. Fifty dollars. Very possible. It's about five euros, I think. Yep. Uh, uh, oh man, San Colecchio in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hundred. Was that San? San or Sam? says San on here, but it should be Sam, I think. I don't know. And then, of course, John uh, Schumann, who is our uh, executive producer for this week from Madison, Wisconsin, $451. Um, oh, wait. Eva just walked in, uh, uh, Mickey's assistant. Eva, what did you have? Come closer. Come closer to the microphone. Hold on a second. Let me... Uh, you were sick, right? Yeah. What did you have? Flu. What kind of flu? Don't know. Come on. H1N1? Yeah, thank you. Just wanted to hear it. Could you please, like, lick me? <laughs> he's already he's already you ruin the show if you lick him don't do it <laughs> she had swine flu she had swine flu and who she lives who is this this is eva mickey's assistant oh and she yeah. had swine flu yeah she had for, she was out for three days what did you have like fever yeah you have coughing have her describe the, the, the wait, symptoms wait, for people hold on a second would you mind coming over Eva? let me just turn off the noise gate so we can actually hear her hold on 
Uh, let me turn that off. Uh, I think my son may have had swine flu last okay, week. Okay, Eva's going to describe her symptoms. So, stuffy, coffee, fever, headache. Stomach? No, no stomach. No stomach. No, short of breath, no energy. Really? No energy? Yeah. No sex drive? No sex drive. Swine flu, John. Ask her if she <laughs> if her, were her lungs aching. Were your was lungs like aching? Uh, no. But you were short of breath? Yes. She was short of breath, though, John. So she had coughing, fever. C- coughing, fever, aching, yeah. uh, short of breath. And fatigue. And fatigue. Yes. Anything else that we should know about? No, that's pretty much it. Okay, what did you take? Uh, Sudafed, Tylenol, Paracetamol. Yeah. And how many days was this? Uh, it started Saturday, so about five days. Five days. Five days. And she lives, and she looks fine. Let me just What'd check you out. She had Tamiflu or what? No, she didn't. She looks great, by the way. She, <laughs> nice rack. Uh, she looks great. Uh, she no, didn't take any Tamiflu. She took uh, Sudafed and uh, Tylenol. Huh. And she lives. Well, there you have it. Yeah, there you go. Hold on. We There's should... somebody on the radio the other day that, you know, they were talking about swine flu on some uh, uh, sports show and they, somebody's friend died. Yeah, well, so all rush out. you know what? I had a friend die the other day. Let me, I, you know, I forgot to close the uh, minute. It's the no agenda swine flu minute. Otherwise, well, let's get, get back to these confused. donations and mention to people that they should be donating and they should go to Dvorak.org slash NA or noagendashow.com and uh, help us out. I'd like to see more of the f- $5 a month subscriptions. We, we actually only pick up like one or two. It's, it's like actually kind of low because somebody suggested this as a great idea and I haven't seen any evidence that and, anyone's and, really yeah, picking up the, on the it. Yeah, because the $5 was supposed to work really well. Have we gotten any more uh, layaway nights? We don't talk about the nights very often. Uh, well, we do well, talk we, about yeah, the nights we themselves. Have we have three in play. Them. We have about three of these guys in play. Uh, Westerfield, uh, Father uh, Ralph, and so, so uh, when they, so when they complete, when they've done their fifty dollars a month and they become full fledged knights, we should have some kind of like Masonic ceremony, shouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I like that. Well, okay. We'll talk about the knights on, on Sunday a little more, and then I'll I can I can mention the guys that are currently uh, going for it. Because I think the and- knighthood actually involves a blowjob. <laughs> Hey, you know what? You give us a thousand dollars, I'll blow you. No problem. No problem. The guy's cheap. So <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. And your point is, Doctor Dvorak. So um, there's also, I think, somebody. Unfortunately, I keep for you know, I, I I'm lat. You know, the problem is, if people want to send us stuff uh, like. Uh, you know, use the code no agenda in the subject line. And if you want to send me something that, like, for example, somebody did about four days ago, say, you know, you forgot to mention me. Oh, that's so oh, I'll mention you. But the problem is I have like 200. I mean, even though I don't get any spam, I get lots of email. If you do, if you send stuff to me in particular, if you want, like, if I forgot to mention you or I pronounced your name wrong or something's crappy uh, and you want me to make it up to you. Send me the note the night before we do the shows. In other words, send me a note on Wednesday night with no agenda in the subject line and something else, or uh, Saturday night. And yeah. the likelihood, because it's all everything you know I we do. Need, John, it, what we need is we need an assistant. Yeah, we do. We do. Now, so are you done with all the donations? Yeah. Okay. So first of all, thank you all very much. And uh, thanks for the people who give us smaller amounts, too. Yes, we appreciate that, too. And a lot of you give smaller amounts so we don't mention you, which is fully understood. Feel free to give us many of the smaller amounts if you want. Um, we do this as a, uh, 
as a service, but we can't do it for free. Uh, we spend a hell of a lot of time uh, working on this program. In Torturing fact, ourselves. We got up early this morning because I have a doctor's appointment I have to go to. So we, you know, we're always delivering a show to you no matter what. And we'll do it earlier rather than later if we have some kind of conflict because life sometimes just does get in the way. Uh, and we do it uh, twice a week. And um, you know, we're always working on doing more. We've got uh, the uh, No Agenda stream, which we're working on. Thanks to all the... I mean, we must, have, we must have like 25 or 30 people who want to be a stream manager. We're now uh, meticulously going through interviewing people, talking to them, uh, finding out, you know, what, you know what, if they can do the job that we, uh, that we uh, are dreaming of. And that will, you know, some of the money from, uh, that you donate will go to that person. And, uh, and eventually we'll have like a little business, I hope. And I want to also do a shout out to Bubba Martin. Yeah. Who does our cage match and uh he uh fell ill. Yeah. We hope he's uh, doing better. He is doing better, but we hope he stays healthy. Uh John, just to wrap it up, I'd like to give you a pop quiz. Okay, pop. What book has sold 25% more copies in the first half year of this year? Then it sold in all of last year, shipping a total of 300,000 copies so far. What book could it be? Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I have... Uh... Again, your question. Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> At least let the Jeopardy theme get in there a little bit. Yes. What is Atlas Shrugged? <laughs> yes, you, have to, you answered in the form of a question. You are correct. You can go on to the Daily Double. <laughs> That's right. Atlas Shrugged is uh, seeing a huge resurgence because people are seeing the complete connections between what Ayn Rand wrote and what is happening today at this very moment. So it's uh, time to go Galt, everybody. And again, something you heard on this show first before it became mainstream knowledge. Unfortunately. <laughs> Have you read it yet, John? Are you one yeah, of the no, three? Yeah, I read it last week. Yeah, bullshit. You did this not. guy named Galt? <laughs> Someone should jackass. stop him. <laughs> He's a jackass. All right. I think we've had just about enough. Would you mind just starting the book, John? I read it. I read it last week. You did not. It, it takes you a month to read that book. I read Fountainhead in one sitting. Okay. Well... When you read it, you'll go, hey, damn, Adam, you were right. I can say that anytime you want. No, Just I, send me a memo. I want, I want, <laughs> I want you to read it. <laughs> Bring it up in a meeting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm almost done with Death by Meeting. What a great book. Oh, yeah, I got to read that. Yeah, I mean, that, that thing you can read in, in two hours. It's, uh, it's a good one. Anyway... Um, if the uh, minimum containment cell uh, has not been torn down by then, uh, I'll be back here on Sunday bringing you another episode of No Agenda. Uh, coming I, to you... Well, hold on. Let me say my oh, name. Oh, I thought you were done. No, I'm Adam Curry. Ah. So, uh, meanwhile, it's foggy here in Foggy Bottom, northern Silicon Valley, and uh, I should be here, I think. I don't think I'm going anywhere this weekend. Uh, I'm John C. Dvorak. We will talk to you again on Sunday, apparently, right here on No Agenda. <laughs>